0: Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work at my website. Over 4,000 reviews to choose from anytime you want. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be reviewing the film I probably anticipated the most this year. It's the latest episode of the Star Wars saga, episode 8, The Last Jedi. Those of you who know me know that I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. I have been able to sometimes keep an open mind, sometimes not. It's really hard because when you're a fan of a property for pretty much all of your life, it's hard to divorce your own personal feelings from your more critical perspective and be able to come out with something that is meaningful. So in this way, I'm going to be reviewing the film. I'm trying to be a little bit more open-minded, but yet just know that I am a fan of the series and it would take a really terrible, terrible film for me to disavow a Star Wars movie. Just remember, I even like the prequels. So with that in mind, my review of The Last Jedi, PG-13 rated film. It does have sequences of sci-fi action and violence, and it runs two hours and 32 minutes. That's the longest film in the franchise so far. Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, Mark Hamill gets a prominent role here, Donald Gleason, Carrie Fisher is back, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, newcomer Kelly Marie Tran, we also have the return of Andy Serkis in his performance capture role, Laura Dern joins the franchise here, Benicio Del Toro as well. The director here is Ryan Johnson, who also provides the screenplay, he's taking over the reins. Of this very venerable franchise, at least for this one film, in between two that are helmed by J.J. Abrams because J.J. Abrams is tagged to come back for episode 9, I do think that he crafts a successful outing here. He continues the film from the last moment that we see in The Force Awakens to what's essentially a sight gag. In fact, the first scene in this film is kind of a gag as well. And that sets the tone early for Ryan Johnson to try to deliver some comedy here as to how successful he is in terms of generating laughs from his comedy. That's really going to be in the funny bone of the beholder. I'll get more into that later. I think the deviation, at least in the tone, in taking the mythos seriously on the one hand and then playfully showing that it's all a bit of a lark, that's likely going to polarize longtime Star Wars fans. Some will see that any deviation in tone or their characterizations that they've come to know and love is something that is not welcome into a Star Wars film, much in the way that some Trekkers or Trekkies, whatever you prefer, reject the newer big screen efforts that were also produced by J.J. Abrams. Some things are held as sacred by the fans and wry self-mockery is not going to be received with universal embrace among those fans. So the film is get generating its degree of hate among those people who consider themselves diehard Star Wars fans, and some will actually champion it. As for me, as a near lifelong Star Wars fanboy, the first Star Wars film came out when I was six years old. So practically all my life, I'm I'm generally on board for trying a new approach with the franchise. And by and large, I do think that Ryan Johnson delivers when and where it counts. With The Last Jedi even if I do believe that it contains a few too many story threads perhaps it's a bit choppy in its approach to storytelling it makes for a little bit of turbulence along the ride in other words I think that if I had to sum up the film in one sentence I would say that it tastes great going down but it does carry a bit of an aftertaste. Terry Fisher here is back. She gets a more sizable final role as General Leia Organa. She commands a seemingly overwhelmed rebellion against a powerful galaxy wide force for evil, the First Order that's headed by Supreme Leader Snoke and his henchman, Kylo Ren, who happens to be Leia Organa's son, but he's disavowed her and just about everything he once was as Ben Solo and also General Hux, played by Donald Gleason. And meanwhile, there's a hot dog pilot for the Resistance, Poe Dameron. He helps their cause in gaining the upper hand on the powerful First Order battleships, while former Stormtrooper Buddy Finn assists the cause, along with a new member of the integral team, a crew member named Rose Tico, in order to break into the First Order ship to temporarily deactivate a powerful tracking device. All this while, the heroine Ray is visiting the ancient Jedi island on ahch and she receives reluctant training from a reclusive and haunted Luke Skywalker himself. Yes, a speaking role here for Mark Hamill. Luke teaches Rey how to harness her prodigious affinity with the Force into becoming something akin to a new Jedi, I suppose. That's kind of the table setting. This is the middle film... In a trilogy of its own. So it's kind of a bridge. And so, you know, it's really hard to get into the plot because it's really carrying what happens in the first film into what will culminate in the climax. I think that among the cast, Adam Driver really emerges here as the most interesting of the new trilogy characters as Kylo Ren. He's portraying Kylo Ren with a lot of conflict. He has enough sympathy to not outright hate him because there's some good in him. Although he does commit some truly reprehensible acts that would be considered evil by most people, and that gives Kylo Ren's actions a degree of unpredictability that's kind of refreshing for a series that sometimes seems locked down to its hero's journey trappings, at least in the past. Daisy Ridley is fine as the heroine, Rey, although there are hints suggesting that she might easily turn to the dark side. As somebody who's watching this film, I immediately reject that because given her setup and She is the most truest and most lawful good guy among the cast, so it seems kind of ridiculous that we would even go there. It's not really that big of a conflict, at least not to me. I think the only true question in terms of where her loyalties lie is whether her attraction, perhaps, for Kylo Ren is going to cause her to stumble when she tries to protect the resistance from his attacks. As for the old guard, Mark Hamill is, of course, a welcome presence in order to sell Star Wars fans on the continuity of the series. He's a recognizable face, even if the presence of Harrison Ford is sorely missed because he definitely upped the coolness factor. It's nice to see, also, the late Carrie Fisher in her final role playing a character that would define her popularity. There's a scene in which both of them, Luke Skywalker as well as General Leia, plays a prominent role in this film, and it's not only rewarding, greatly rewarding for fans, but it's also very sentimental due to Carrie Fisher's recent passing during the production of this film. Although their screen time has been bolted in this century, I think the neutral trilogy and whatever lies beyond is meant to sell us on the new characters and their story arcs primarily. As Kylo Ren suggests, in order to find out what you truly are, you need to let your past die. It's something that rings a certain truth in terms of the series' ability to grow. And that's also a notion that will no doubt rankle Those who carry a great deal of nostalgia and ascribe great importance to the stories that they grew up cherishing in every detail. Fans don't want to let those stories or characters go. Luke Skywalker, Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, all the rest. It's hard to really, you know, push them to the side in order to follow a new group of characters that we don't really know or love yet, anyway. So there's a lot of internal conflict, not only within Kylo Ren, but I think within the heart of Star Wars fans in general. So I think casual fans will be much more willing to support this film than I would consider people who live and breathe Star Wars through and through who may find it a lot more troubling in terms of how they feel about it. Now along these lines, I do think that The Last Jedi is a mixed success if I'm taking this from an impartial point of view. We are genuinely intrigued as to where things go with Rey and Kylo Ren, but I do think that the storyline regarding Finn seems to have arced out with The Force Awakens. It's not a lot for him to do here. They do shoehorn him in here, but it's not really a big thing. Poe Dameron, I don't think there's enough meat to his character to make us care one way or another about his actions on the screen outside of admiring Oscar Isaac as an actor for all that he brings to a relatively thinly developed role. The original series was built up on making it the Luke Skywalker saga. Even though there are side characters that are interesting, maybe even more interesting than Luke himself, it was always Luke Skywalker's journey through and through. This entry, I think, blurs the line a little too much in terms of where it thinks that the main story arc should be. Now, we have the most obvious hero here, Rey. She has her significance reduced in this film in order to accommodate Such things as Kylo Ren's story in his humanized villainy, as well as continued progression of separate threads involving Finn and Poe and now Rose Tico and Luke and Leia's continued existence in their backstory. And at two and a half hours, this is the longest film in the Star Wars universe I've mentioned already, but there's still something wrong when you have a story that feels like there's not much breathing room for its main story and that can be seen as a bit of a detriment. And if there are knocks against The Last Jedi, they're likely going to come from how the characters are portrayed from the original trilogy, particularly in their Jedi powers or their use of the Force and how much that's a factor in the entry there's a relative ease to which the newer characters seem to harness it as well we also see some of those powers that are displayed by luke and in a twist leia who showcases ability that we've never seen within them before especially her or even hinted at in the previous seven entries in the saga so that further makes the film seem like it's going in directions that don't quite feel like a real typical Star Wars film any longer and that's certainly something that's going to also ruffle a few feathers. I think that my personal biggest gripe with this film if I have a big gripe at all is that it attempts goofball humor it doesn't really jibe with the tone of the rest of the film and I think what's worse the series at large so introducing a lot of very forced and obvious and contrived Sight gags and tongue-in-cheek humor here is a little unwarranted. You know, they should save that kind of stuff for the side projects if they want to. And that said, I think that while some diehard Star Wars fans are likely going to deride the film for breaking out of tradition, I will say, despite all of that, despite my quibbles and despite my acknowledgement that some of this stuff... does trouble me a bit. I will say that I'm actually on board for most of the deviation. I do feel like the series does need to break out of its tendency to remake the same films over and over, and it needs to become something altogether newer, more dynamic. Even if it doesn't always succeed, it needs to be its own thing, like Kylo Ren, I guess. So while there's a part of me that begins to question whether the franchise is in the hands of creative forces who don't quite seem to understand Star Wars in the way that me or many other lifelong fans have always understood it, there's also that part of me that struggles with a light side to this argument, knowing that things could use a little bit more expanding, a little more shaking up, really. If we want future entries to actually not continuously be remakes and Easter egg hunts that are there only to appease longtime fans instead of inspiring new generations, I think the best that one can say about The Last Jedi is that it it does shake things up in a way that the future does seem hard to predict at this vantage point which after we've had a prequel trilogy, you know, the episodes one through three trilogy, where we virtually knew everything that was going to play out, it's refreshing to observe a film that does offer some surprises and it does leave you at the end of it wondering exactly where it's going to go. That's kind of an interesting feeling. Some may be uncomfortable with that, but I think that I'm going to embrace it. And if there's one thing that's going to be universally commended about this entry in the Star Wars universe is that it does look and sound as amazing as you'd expect. You do expect stellar work from John Williams as the composer, particularly in the Star Wars franchise. I do think he delivers another phenomenal score here. Yet again, he blends those iconic passages that we've come to know and love. He regurgitates them as needed and actually manages to make some scenes more stirring with that. But there are also new ones that are befitting the weight and scope of those themes for its more recent heroes the cinematography here from steve yedlin is superb as well and while the two elements the music and the images blend with the story it does create some of those emotional elements particularly as the climax draws closer and it does allow the film to occasionally transcend some of the weaknesses i think in its plotting and perhaps the only detriment i could ascribe to the overall aesthetic from the looks and the sounds of The Last Jedi is this continued persistence in this series of CG characters, CG aliens. I don't think that people have learned from the mistakes of the prequels and the special editions of the original series that while we as the audience enjoy a bit of eye candy from our space operas, these CG animated characters are best used sparingly instead of main characters that are wholly CG. You know, maybe one, maybe Snoke or some of the others are okay, but it gets a little bit too into cartoon land. It gets a little cheesy. It's hard to really accept the film. I I would rather have the Muppets of the original trilogy than to see CG representations of them. Nevertheless, I do think that while The Last Jedi delivers some fine sequences, I do acknowledge that fans who might have been hoping that the new series, this new series of Star Wars films from Disney, would soar to the old heights. Once the world building had been completed and The Force Awakens, I do think that they are not likely to be championing this entry as a return to the old days. This is not quite the expansion of the mature characterization that The Empire Strikes Back was to the original Star Wars trilogy that people were hoping for, especially with Ryan Johnson, a very well-respected young director on board. It is overly long, it is occasionally unfocused. It is subdued in scenes where there should be great suspense and intrigue, and there is a tone that's introduced here. The characters, the plot develops they don't quite jibe with the Star Wars as Lucas had intended, at least that's my way of thinking. He's no longer a guiding force on the property that spewed forth from his imagination, and I do think that where things are going now, not everybody's going to support, so from here on out, there's really gonna be a struggle between Star Wars fans as to where their allegiances ultimately are going to lie. As for me, I do think that The Last Jedi is a good enough film to recommend. There are a number of sequences that are worthy the price of admission alone for this film, especially in the final act. I really was riveted for the last 45 minutes or so. But if I'm being critical, if I'm being fair, I think taken in its totality. It's hard not to come away from feeling like the film's always striving for a certain greatness And knowing that it does fall short of achieving that greatness that I think it aspires to. So a little bit of a disappointment there. But given lofty expectations among fans, the fact that we can even have this argument is good. I don't know whether fans will turn on this ultimately the way that they did with the prequel trilogy. I've never turned myself, but when you deal with fandoms, especially rabid fandoms, there's probably no fandom more rabid than Star Wars it's either a love it or hated proposition. And so it's, it's really hard to be a film critic because you're trying to be objective, you're trying to be fair, and knowing that no matter what you say, the lovers of the film or the haters of the film are going to attack you <laughs> one way or another. So I actually did quite like the film. I didn't love the film, and I think that's the, the main point uh, that I'm trying to achieve here. And even if I may quibble here and there, I'm generally happy with the way things are going with this new series. Though I will pay respect to those people who have their gripes as well. I have listened to them. I do agree with a lot of them. And yet I'm still able to enjoy this movie for what it is. So I'm going to give Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, 3.5 stars out of 4. 3.5 stars on my scale means I do think that this is a good film. I do recommend it to Star Wars fans if you enjoyed The Force Awakens and you want to see more. I think you'll get enough here to satisfy you. I think that most of the people that really are critical about this movie are ones who expect Star Wars to be a certain way, and the fact that it deviates from what they're expecting is not going to jibe with them very well. So, like I said, I sympathize with that argument as somebody who expects Star Wars to always be the way that it once was and i have a difficult time with seeing the old characters in a different light or doing things i don't think are consistent with how i came to know those characters so it's a struggle and one i'll probably revisit a few times before i really get sorted out but for right now three and a half stars out of four is what i'm giving the last jedi thank you everyone for listening i hope that you enjoyed this review if you agree with me or you even disagree with me, you can send me a note, let me know what you think of this film. You can find my contact information at my website, quipster.net. You can also find all of my reviews of the Star Wars films there from the very beginning all the way through some of the spin-offs and sequels and prequels and whatnot. You can also find more of my podcasting work. I actually reviewed the original Star Wars trilogy on Around the World in 80s Movies. That's my other podcast. You can search for Around the World in 80s Movies on any platform that you're listening to this one on and subscribe to it there in fact i'm going to be getting into some classic 1980s christmas films now that we're approaching christmas at the time of this recording you'll be hearing that there around the world in 80s movies also encourage you to listen to the in session film podcast my friends jd and brendan do a superb job and over the past year i've been the co-host of the extra film segments of that show so if you haven't heard some of the reviews that you normally would hear here and you want to hear my takes on some independent films, foreign films, classic films there too. Check out insessionfilm.com for details on that. So, until next time, thank you and enjoy your time. Anytime you get to go to the movies and also